Hello, and welcome to the Today I Am Enough podcast. This is a place of vulnerability and acceptance where we discuss ways that you can learn to be empowered and to know that your worth is something that is always with you and not something that you have to earn. I'm your host, Kara Murray. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Today I Am Enough podcast. I am so excited this month. We are going to be talking about anxiety. And I feel like this is such an important topic. And I have brought in one of my new friends, Sammy Rollette, and I am so thrilled to have her here. She has some amazing tools. I'm so excited for you guys to meet her. Sammy, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, Kara. I'm so grateful to be here. I have enjoyed our connection. I very first was drawn to your space as I am enough. (laughs) as that was something I had been working on uh, in my own space and how much we had in common in that. Um, I am Sammy Rowlett. I am a wife. I am a mama of three littles. uh, And I am a yoga and mindfulness instructor. Um, Through my life experiences and some traumatic health concerns and life in general, I have found myself um, really becoming passionate about managing life's ups and downs, life's stress, our anxiousness. And oftentimes I found myself really frustrated with how my body was responding in ways that were really surprising. It would come out of nowhere. And um, in my healing journey, like I said, I became very passionate about understanding these responses in my own body. And as I began healing, uh, finding a lot of hope in that healing, I really was drawn to share. And it honestly became a way to share my testimony of the healing power of, of holistic health and how our, our creator, whoever that is for you, God, our savior, the power of knowing who we are and what that stands for and why we are enough. We often forget who we are, which is where we find ourselves in this not enough frame of mind. That's beautifully said. So we are going to dive into Sammy's story and I'm excited. I actually don't know a lot about your story. I feel like I know a little bit. I read a little bit, but that's it. And I'm really excited. I have had some health challenges the last year and a half that I've started to work through. And it's really been interesting to be more mindful and trying to use food to help heal my body. And I've really had to take mindfulness into account and even yoga and meditation. And it really is so empowering. So I'm really excited to hear from you today. Yes, I love this. And you hit some really key points. Um, in that as well. So a lot of layers, right? (laughs) A lot of layers. And honestly, I, in understanding myself and as I've increased my own personal emotional intelligence, my self-awareness to my anxiety, I honestly went back to where I began, my thought process began wondering if I was normal. (laughs) If this was, is this really life? Is this, is this a struggle I'm going to have for my whole life? And so just back growing up, um, I was a competitive athlete. Uh, my family was, we were golfers. 
That's awesome. All things, we were competitive golfers. And so obviously anxiety and stress are normal in situations of of, um, things like that. It's it's normal. And so I kind of grew up in this constant um, where things, you know, things were stressful, but a good stress. Mm-hmm. And, um, as life moved on, uh, we had my, I watched my mother have some health challenges and in so doing, I watched her decline, uh, emotionally, physically, spiritually. And it really, I began just creating a story in my mind of, okay, this, this is life. This is how things go. And I began to really kind of navigate life through that lens, through that paradigm. And um, I watched her, unfortunately, navigate some, just some uh, really questionable health concerns. I mean, this was back in the 80s, early 90s, where we still were learning about chronic illness and things. And I watched her kind of guinea pig different trials of either medications or, or whatnot. And so honestly, my anxiety comes through the lens of, of that child watching my mother decline. And so I can kind of relate to looking back now, what I know and how traumatic that was to watch that decline and to have this negative connotation, unfortunately, around, around medications. As I, you know, as I grew older and we had life experiences, my family, unfortunately separated and I found myself um, with this anxiety, but I, I wasn't about to ask for help because I saw when my mother asked for help, that I watched her decline from even the help she was trying to get. And so these uncomfortable feelings of, you know, anxiousness, digestive concerns, um, you know, negative thought patterns, I just thought that that was normal. And so I coped in ways that would suppress, suppress those thoughts and feelings and physical, you know, elements. And so through my teenage and kind of fast forward to young adulthood, I found myself in addictive behaviors uh, for coping, Uh, substance abuse, um, alcohol addiction, found myself cut off from my spiritual Uh, lifeline as obviously those life choices weren't landing me in church on Sunday. (laughs) Uh, And I wasn't around people that were supporting, supporting my healing anyways. Um, And so I, I honestly thought that that was, that was going to be life that that was, it was just about living for the highs and surviving the lows. I really thought that that was what it, that's what it was going to be like. And uh, so I continued to live life, um, really unhealthy ways of coping. And like I said, living for the good days. And unfortunately, good days became far and few between to where anxiety started really impacting normal everyday life, right? Again, fast forward, uh, I was married. I found my spiritual path again. And so I thought, okay, this is it. (laughs) This is it. I'm doing now. (laughs) Yes. Like, okay, this is it. This is my happily ever after. And again, the narrative, right? The narrative that we create these life experiences. Once again, 
life through a curveball of a traumatic experience. And I'm thinking, seriously? <laughs> and I began, I began to be the victim, really, of the story that I had found myself living in. Um, I thought of all my healing that I've done spiritually, um, you know, trying to take better care of myself. Why was I still stuck? Why was I still having severe symptoms or um, elements that kept coming up? And that's when I found myself at my rock bottom. Unfortunately, I was questioning uh, my marriage, questioning my ability to be a good mother. And honestly, the adversary, he got me in a corner and I entertained thoughts of, well, should I even keep trying? And that really was my wake up call. Found my way, um, some pretty strong personal impressions from I feel my guardian angels. <laughs> um, you weren't designed. No, this isn't normal. You weren't designed for this. Um, yeah. And that's when I started seeking more help. And in, in ways that weren't, nor, you know, not the normal of, of, you know, seeking medical professional help, but also seeking holistic health where, like you said, nutrition and movement and mindfulness were being prescribed right along with, um, right along with other things. And so in all of that, that's where I found, okay, there is hope, there is healing. This, this isn't normal to live this way. And um, I found a lot of relief, a lot of power, a lot of strength in uh, changing the narrative that always found myself in that victim mindset. Looking back on thinking of these tools that I have in my toolbox now, I have to, I have to share them which is where I found myself today and what I do now. What are some of the tools that you do have? Like how can like me and my listeners, what are some of the things we can know about anxiety that can help in those moments of feeling out of control, feeling, I don't know, everybody yeah. I think feels that a little different, right? Oh yeah. But whatever that feels like, I, I've learned to pay attention to where I feel my anxiety in my body. And so I can start to feel it before it's out of control. So I can <laughs> do what I need to, to help calm that. But what are some things that we can do to help with that? I love this. And you are really spot on once again is, is that feeling where we feel those things and how powerful that's actually one of the tools is self-awareness. Um, being able to realize that th this is normal. You are simply a human. Nothing is wrong with you. <laughs> you yeah. are a human having a human experience mm -hmm. and that this is, this is life. This is navigating these bodies that we've been given, <laughs> understanding yeah. how they function and how they work. What I found most fascinating uh, on my healing journey was the holistic approach. Like you said, the, the foods we eat, being conscious of the foods we eat, the mind-body connection to that. My coping strategies wrecked my gut health. 
as we understand that mind-body connection, gut health is is huge part to our um, mental health as there is a lot of neuro neurotransmitter connections there as our body speaks to all of these places. I'm gonna I'm gonna take us to one of the tools as we talk about this mind-body connection. There's actually um, in our nervous system, um, it's called the vagus nerve. And it is a bundle of nerves at the back of our brainstem that connects throughout our bodies to all of our major, a lot of our major organs. And that really is the highway of our mind-body connection. And in my studies, as I learned, um, I went through holistic nutritional counseling and now into yoga teacher training, I've understood the power of our nervous system. A lot of times when we navigate anxiety, and I talked, I kind of talked about this, is navigating our thoughts, where we are in creating that narrative. But with this nervous system awareness that I've recently been introduced to, it's a little further upstream. This healing is a little further upstream than our thoughts create our feelings. And, and that's huge. We don't want to discount that, but let's go a little further upstream. Where are those thoughts coming from? And what state is our nervous system in that is navigating that narrative? So one of the tools that I want to share with you is the awareness of our nervous system. And it has three different, it has three different states that we're in. We have the ventral vagal. This is where we are, this homeostasis, this balance. We're in order, we're connected, okay? And when we view the world through this nervous system state, this is usually when we're on top of things, right? <laughs> As mamas, we're feeling like yeah. we've got it going on, right? Um, the world is welcoming. Life is beautiful. We are enough. We see all the details of our lives. We see God's hand. Um, we're able to view the world in this safe place. And I am okay here. I am enough here. I am alive. I am created here, right? And let's shift down a little bit to the second state of our nervous system, which is the sympathetic state, right? Our fight or flight which bless us, <laughs> bless us as mamas and honestly, as humans on planet earth right now, we are chronically in this state yeah. of fight or flight. As Especially with the pandemic, right? <laughs> correct. Absolutely. We are in chronic fear response. We are in this fight or flight mode, which we know with stress, our chronic stress response, causing inflammation, causing hormonal disruption, especially as women, where we've got, you know, cortisol wrecking havoc on our, you know, our different functions as women in our adrenals, you know, and our affecting our energy, our thyroid, affecting our mood balance. We're really kind of suffering from being in this chronic state. And in the in this sympathetic state, we view that we view life and the world as chaotic. It's overwhelming. It's too much. 
And so when we can see where we're navigating our story, where we're authoring our story in this state, yeah, I can see where my thoughts are coming from. My body's in in this state, right? And I am out of control. I am in danger. I'm not enough in this in this nervous system state. Let's go even deeper into that third state, which is the dorsal vagal. And now for a quick break. Do you feel like you're stuck in a cycle of feeling like you aren't good enough at anything you're working towards? Do you only see yourself in negative light? Ember Pilati and I have created the I Am Enough 10-Day Workbook. You will learn how to teach yourself that you are enough, to have self-love and gratitude for yourself, your struggles, and for those around you. You'll learn how to set mindful goals and actually keep them. You'll also learn about how to have a positive self-narrative. You'll be able to actually stick to these goals and these lessons. They're easy tools that you'll be given and they will change your life. Head to todayiamenough.com slash workbook to sign up for free. See you soon. And this is where we shut down. We numb. We disconnect. In this nervous system state, our, our bodies our bodies mainly doing its function, keeping us safe. That's its number one job is keeping us alive and safe. And so that nervous system is, is doing its job. We're shutting down. We're disconnecting. And in this nervous system state, the thoughts that we create, this narrative that we now are the author of, can often be the world is scary. The world is not welcoming. Life is fearful. Life is too much. And our I am statements or our beliefs of ourselves and the world around us can be unwelcoming. Uh, I'm not here. I'm abandoned. Um, I'm lost. Going further upstream to recognizing, okay, well, I have these thoughts. They're creating these feelings in my body. What do I do now? And it's really enhancing that self-awareness like you were speaking of. As we continue our conversation, I'm really excited to share ways to how to heal and go through those nervous system states and how we can kind of shift ourselves out of that chronic stress response or that chronic shutting down. That's so fascinating. <laughs> like it's yeah. just fascinating to hear it and then think about uh, my own life and how that is affecting me. I have Hashimoto's. And so mm-hmm. I've just been like my thyroid got super, super messed up a couple of years ago. And yeah. so just trying to work through that. And I think also being mindful of when I am not in that happy place and what I need to do and saying, no, I can't do that today. And that's yeah. okay. My daughter got COVID. And so we were quarantined. So all six kids were home with homework and oh, online school. <laughs> and I mean, and I know there's other people that are not even their kids aren't even in school. We haven't had kids home from since August, they've been in school the last few days, I have felt so like exhausted mentally and emotionally from a lot of things that happened with that. And telling my husband, I'm like, I feel so unproductive, but I like mentally can't do this right now. And that's okay. I'm just going to chill. I'm going to do a little bit of work, but I'm also going to sit here and I'm going to take care of myself and 
read a book or (laughs) whatever, like just noticing when we need to take care of ourselves is huge. It's life changing. And navigating those different forms of thoughts, overwhelm to the I'm shutting down, abandon and realizing, oh, I'm actually just having a human experience here. And my nervous Mm -hmm. system is in one of these phases and I'm going to tend to that. Right. And like you said, read a book. Uh, You named a beautiful tool expressing to others, to our loved ones, to our spouses. Hey, I am feeling this way. I am going to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, fill in the blank. I'm going to take care of myself. And as we have that awareness and as we express that to our loved ones, what a beautiful tool to be our best selves for ourselves and for them. And they know yeah. Bless the people that live with us, right? <laughs> so true. They know. Yes. They know. And they are more open and willing us willing to give us that time um, when we can clearly ask for it. And yeah. when they can reap the fruit of the benefits of us taking that, mm-hmm. they're more willing to be open and, and helpful. Yeah. So hopefully everyone can find someone (laughs) that's like that, whether they live with you or not, just being able to reach out to anyone and just say, wow, I'm, this is what I'm feeling. It's really a lot, you know, just recognizing it, recognizing it and telling someone and taking time. It's okay. I said this in in last month's podcast, self-care is not selfish at all. Sometimes it's necessary for us to start to come out of the anxiety or whichever part of the nervous system that you've explained that we're in, right? We can notice that and be like, wow, I'm here. What do I need to do to get out of this? And to be okay to sit with being uncomfortable as well, right? We as humans, yes, yes. To, to be willing to sit through the discomfort Mm -hmm. for a minute. We so often want to suppress that and we, we strive to, to cover that, but knowing that, (laughs) our freedom is on the other side of our discomfort is is powerful. It really is. And I love what you keep saying about the story that we tell ourselves because we make up stories all the time to ourselves. Why our kids aren't helping with the dishes. We make up stories about how they just don't want to help us and how we're the only ones that care. Like that's literally a story that we make up noticing (laughs) when we're making that story up that our spouse doesn't want to help us or that we're all alone or you know, when you feel backed into a corner, like you were saying, it's all about the story that we're telling ourselves. And when we start to feel that way, it's important to get curious. Like, why am I saying this? Why am I making this up? Why am I feeling this way? I think that really helps us dive deeper into what's actually going on. I love that. And that's such a powerful word, curious, being curious. It's not, it's non-judgmental and understanding and learning. Yeah. I love that. What a powerful word. For me, it's been interesting be like, okay, so what triggered this anxiety or, you know, why am I feeling so heavy? You know, like this week I've been like, oh, but I've realized it was just a lot. Like we just, we had more than just quarantine. There was a lot going on. And so for me, it was just like a lot of emotional stuff and helping the kids constantly not being able to take care of myself as much as I am used to, or that I needed to. Like you said, curiosity is non-judgmental. It's just saying, okay, so what is causing this? Why am I thinking this or feeling this? And just loving yourself through it and helping yourself through it. Right. And oftentimes when we 
find, you know, things on the other side of that curiosity, we were like, oh, well, no wonder. <laughs> no wonder. And we, we offer ourselves that grace and that compassion as we would extend any other human being. So what are some of the tools that we can help when we notice we're in those different nervous system states? I think, like I said, just going a little further upstream from our thoughts, uh, understanding, because we oftentimes, we we tell the same story. It's kind of repetitive, <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. right? And we can kind of figure out where I'm coming from, if I'm overwhelmed or if I'm shut down, a sympathetic state, fight or flight, or if I'm in this, that dorsal vagal uh, nervous system response where I'm shut down and understanding where to come out of those. Um some powerful tools in our healing is really that holistic approach. Like you were saying, being mindful of our foods we eat, uh, being mindful of our movement, being mindful of our breath. Breath work actually in meditation and any kind of movement is one of the number one tools to shift our bodies out of sympathetic into parasympathetic state, which is our rest and digest. And so simply becoming aware of our breath. And we don't need to be sitting on our yoga mats. We don't need to be in meditation to do this. This is something we can do at the kitchen sink Mm -hmm. when we find ourselves telling those stories that have us spiraling. We can simply come back to our breath. And it can be as simple as inhaling for three seconds, hold for three seconds, exhale for three seconds, hold and continue. Because that alone is a self-regulation tool in bringing down the heart rate, lowering cortisol, and really be as simple as mindful breath work. There's an Instagrammer that I follow who does a lot of yoga and meditation. And once a week, on her Instagram story, she'll just, she just says, stop, drop and breathe. And she's a mom of littles. And so she's like, wherever you are, and people will post photos of them in the middle of their kitchen with their hands over the middle of their chest, you know, and just taking a minute to breathe. And I don't always necessarily drop literally just being aware of that and really like clearing your breath, like just taking some breaths in being slow, being mindful of it is so helpful. And it seems like way too easy to actually work, but it does. (laughs) I think that's something to remember is, and you can do that even if you have a newborn baby or if you have teenagers, like it doesn't matter where you are. You don't even have to be a mom, obviously to do it, but you know, having that chaos around us, I think taking a minute to breathe can really help calm us inside when there's chaos all around. Using the tools of breath because, and even bringing in all of your senses while we're doing this, touch, taste, smell, seeing all of these grounding experiences to our body, right? Uh, We can include more of our systems, more of our responses in this breath work, Mm -hmm. um, the more powerful it can become. Even as you're breathing, you know, having your favorite aroma or in the kitchen, grab an orange and peel that orange while you're, while you're centering and grounding yourself. Powerful tool in, because we know smell is so powerful in evoking emotion and memory Mm -hmm. and coming back 
to anchoring ourselves to that calm, to that calm aroma. Let's talk about movement for a minute. I know you're yoga, you're a yoga instructor, right? Tell us about movement and how that can help us. I love this. So uh, yoga was never my first choice. (laughs) It actually came to me when I was in in my dark hole. And I was very reluctant to sit on that mat because you want me to sit still and come to my thoughts? What? (laughs) I'm trying to run away from these things. (laughs) But I found yoga in, like I said, I was an athlete, a runner, and my body physically, uh, it it was too much at the moment for my body to heal. I had to be mindful about the type of exercise that I was actually giving my body, which is where I found this mindful movement and where I began to love the results I got from my yoga mat and understanding that my emotions are simply energy in motion. And where you reckon, where you mentioned earlier, where, where do I feel this in my body and in yoga being able to open these different energy centers of our body, being mindful of where they are. Is it in my heart center, my chest? Is it in my solar plexus, my belly, my core? Is it in my back, my shoulders? Am I carrying stress in my hips? Being mindful of the body functions and body systems as we move. And that's where yoga became very incredible tool for me is it would, I would match my movement to wherever I was feeling that emotion in my body. I would do hip openers or heart openers or, you know, different, different releases. And in that I found ways to stimulate that vagus nerve that we were talking about bringing ourselves in and out of that sympathetic parasympathetic state in our mindful movement. I've also found when I do yoga, there's so much breath work within yoga. There's so much of the two. And obviously breath work, you can, can be done alone, but there really is so much within yoga. And so I found that doing that and moving and doing those openers, but then the breath work that can go along with it is just, it's a really powerful tool. And I found that I often feel so much better after I take some time to do to right. do that. And I'm not one that can do yoga for like an hour. <laughs> I just find like a YouTube video that I can do for like 20 minutes. Cause I'm like, yeah. I'm just not used to it enough. I haven't done it enough probably that, that I've gotten that far. And some of the, do what we can. <laughs> right. Some of the most powerful routines I've personally done and shared have been five minutes, mm-hmm. literally. And uh, I share a lot of those little five minute morning routines to, to release wherever this energy, this emotion, this energy, right, is stuck and being able to release that. That's awesome. I love that. All right. So let's talk about food a little bit. Okay. And how that can help us. Oh, I love this. So again, bless us as humans in this world of go-go-go and fast and easy and quick and cheap. And unfortunately, how not nourishing (laughs) those choices are nutrition, you know, nutritionally, the vitamin mineral deficiency that oftentimes those hold really not giving our bodies the nutrients in order to function, to create what it needs to create for us. 
And honestly, we are what we eat, but in more so, we are what we digest. In my healing journey and what I've come to found most helpful is, is things that are nourishing to my gut health um, absorption and being mindful of cleansing foods. Just that beautiful words of wisdom, right? <laughs> Moderation in all things, things from the earth, shopping, the parameter of the grocery store, being able to find ways. And I know healthy eating oftentimes has a bad rap of it takes a long time or um, it's hard to prepare or it could be more expensive. And when we find our groove in finding how simple it really can be in opting for, you know, this versus that, um, there is a beautiful flow, a beautiful symphony that we can kind of go in and out of as we navigate, as we navigate that. Mm-hmm. I think in my uh, nutrition specifically, like I said, those cleansing foods, things that nourish our gut health. I have had to drastically change the way that I eat for my thyroid. There is a learning curve, and I think we just have to be patient with ourselves as we change things and as we make that effort. Because once you find things that you like, it and you the more you make them and the more you focus on those real foods that come from the earth, you learn how to make them and how you like them. And it really isn't as big of a deal, <laughs> but it does yeah. take time and we have to be patient with ourselves through that. But again, we find ourselves in that, in that nervous system state again, a fear mm-hmm. because what is it? It's different. Yes. It's change. It's the unknown. <laughs> so right. we navigate even our nutritional choices through that narrative. We place unnecessary distress on ourselves. Well, and I like what you said too, is we've heard it before is moderation in all things. And I think that's important to remember too. It's not like you can never eat a cookie again, ever. Like that's not the thing. We just can't eat a cookie every day. Like that's probably not the best choice. It's just making better choices Mm -hmm. and learning to stick with those better. Yeah. Mindful, better choices. Mindful choices. And being mindful of life in general of our bodies and what we're eating and how we're moving and how we're reacting is really what will help us notice what we need to do and how we can help ourselves. Right. That food, the food mood connection. Yeah. I'm going to eat my cookies, but I tend to see that it kind of brings me down a little bit or I'm a little sluggish. And so I'm like, okay, I'll just eat one cookie yeah. <laughs> or yeah. whatever. And, and whatever that is for you, we are all in our different, in our different space. And what works for me is different mm-hmm. for what's going to work for you. And so yeah. being able to listen to your body in that. It's, it's literally life-changing when we can start to really listen and feel when we're willing to sit with those hard feelings and think about those hard things and work through them instead of just pushing them away. It literally is life-changing. And being, again, like you said, being mindful of what state am I in? I might be using food as a coping. Mm -hmm. A lot of us do. It's it's a way to suppress. It's a way to not feel my feelings. We eat our feelings, right? Mm -hmm. And if that, if you find yourself in that space, being able to unpack the why and again, bring that curiosity into why am I craving that? Or why am I, why am I reaching for those things? 
and finding a healthy balance there. Is there anything else you wanted to share today? I just, I am so grateful for the opportunity to have this conversation with another mama and person who is even ourselves, you know, we're, we're still navigating this as well. We're still in that phase of curiosity (laughs) and what works and what doesn't work. And we, the only difference between someone who looks, I, I say looks with quotes, like they have it all together is, is consistency where you are on your journey. I might have been doing this longer. You know, it's, it's not that I'm better. It's I've been practicing a little longer Yeah, and, and different things kind of bringing that into the picture as well. Yeah. We're all at our own place in our own time frame with everything. And I think that's why we need to be gentle with ourselves and gentle with other people. There's no need to compare. <laughs> we're all, Amen, and we're all needed. Amen. So where can my listeners find you? So I am, I actually live on Instagram. This is my favorite place to connect. Uh, I am at ohthere.u.r. I love to welcome women home there because home is a place of safety. It's a place of love. It's not only physical, but emotional, finding home in ourselves. Um, I am a yoga instructor there. I run uh, mindfulness retreats there. I love to be real and raw and open and to connect because I believe that in so doing, we are using one of our most powerful tools against the adversary in him using isolation to make us feel that I am the only one. I, I'm not normal. So not true. (laughs) Nope. Not at all. (laughs) Our community there is really, and it keeps me accountable as well. I love it. And yeah, go check out her Instagram. It's wonderful. And she's got some great things that she offers over there. I appreciate you sharing your story. Sharing stories to me is helping to empower other people to connect with you because there's always going to be somebody that is struggling in some way that we can reach. Making that connection through telling our own stories is so important to me. So I appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much, Kara. That was such a delight. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Today I Am Enough podcast. If you think this episode will help someone you know, please share it with them. I'd appreciate it so much if you took just a minute to leave a review for this podcast. Sharing and leaving reviews are the best ways to help the Today I Am Enough podcast grow and reach more listeners. Don't forget to head to todayiamenough.com workbook to join the 10-day I Am Enough challenge. If you love affirmations, head to todayiamenough.com affirmations to start getting your free monthly affirmations. And don't forget, today you are enough.